8 o'clock, thanks for joining us. Jim and Kate today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. It's Patchy Friday, which means it's the doorstep of the weekend. It's it's here. Super wild card weekend. And which team playing this weekend do you think has the best chance to get to the Super Bowl? Your thoughts on that today? Text or call us. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line. 970-242-1340. Serving your breakfast until 1030 this morning over at Rimrock. Also, this is the Preston Lee at Country Financial Hour. He believes in building relationships, supporting the community, and serving others. Have a chat and let him help you protect the things that are important to you. Google him at Preston Lee Country Financial. All right. Coming up, where in the world is Tyler Franson? Chance to win a case of fat tire today from New Belgium Brewery and High Country Beverage. And just a quick reminder, by the way, Pile Pigskin Pick'em, powered by Kistner Motors. Get your picks in for Super Wild Card Weekend. You could win, potentially, one of two $500 gift cards to play it again Sports in the Valley Plaza and the Big Green Egg Smoker and Grill from Fruita Co-op Country. Must be 21 or older. To play, all you have to do is go to our website, theteam1340.com, click on the Pile Pigskin Pick'em link and get your picks. Brock Aarons was the winner last time out. With a 12-pack of Bud Light and four NFL glasses, courtesy of Bud Light and Central Distributing. So get your picks in for Super Wild Card Weekend. It all starts tomorrow afternoon, 2 o'clock, on the Team Sports Network with Seattle at San Francisco. So looking forward to some big games. First ever Monday night playoff game with Dallas at Tampa Bay. So uh, got some thoughts today of which team in playing at Super Wild Card Weekend go all the way to the Super Bowl, text or call us, 970-242-1340. And uh, time right now to talk a little Montrose Red Ox girls basketball. Talking Montrose girls basketball with Coach Steve Skiff on the team. And Steve Skiff brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Steve, I appreciate the time this morning. Thanks for coming on. Good morning. How are you doing today? Doing fine. I I know that uh, you felt like it was going to be a real tough test for your team to open up Southwestern League play, taking on Central on Tuesday night. Mary Doan's team coming in shorthanded in that one with uh, no Christina Manzanares. But uh, they were really good, particularly in the fourth quarter. They get the victory 46-38, to a tough loss on your home floor on Tuesday night. It really was. You know, we felt like we... Played pretty well for three quarters, and the <clears throat> fourth quarter it just kind of did not go our way. And give give Central a lot of credit. Um, you know, Coach Stone did a great job of having her girls ready, even though they didn't have Christina and um, Bryn Wagner, Alex Wagner. What more can I say? Those two are, are tough to hold down for four quarters, and they they ended up getting us in the fourth. Yeah, Bryn Wagner in particular, uh, fifteen points in that game. She had a, a big output uh, for the Warriors in that victory. So. Heading into Palisade tonight, what are some things you've addressed with your team after that loss to Central? Yeah, I think for us it's just getting back to doing what we do. You know, uh, Tuesday night was our first home game of the season, so that's always, you know, a lot of nerves, a lot of expectations, playing in a you know a, a packed gym like we always get down here in Montrose. So hopefully we're over some of that. We just kind of went back to work uh, the last couple of days and 
and we just want to get back to what we do well. And, and Palisades is going to be, you know, a, a good opponent tonight. I mean, they're they're a young team as well, and um, Coach Baver's got his his team playing a lot better um, this time of the year. Well, your senior Briar Moss had a, a really good game against Central on Tuesday. She she had the twelve points and she hit four threes in that game. So from the perimeter, Briar uh, did a did a really nice job for you. She did. She really kept us in the game. Um, you know, early and and hit a couple big threes. You know, third quarter, fourth quarter that that help us get the lead. And, and uh, she just continues to do a great job and. Uh, continues to, to shoot the ball well, but do other things that, that's helping our team be successful. And don't want to leave out what your freshman Macy Oberg did. I mean, she had a double-double in the game. She had 10 points, 12 rebounds. She really got in the glass hard for you. Yeah, she does. And and, and Macy, you know, she's she's a freshman by grade, but she's she's not playing like, like one right now. And she's just aggressive. And, and, you know, we told her we needed her to go to the glass, and, and she did that for us. Um, the other night, and was able to convert on on the offensive end as well. So that that was a big boost for us. Steve Skiff, coach of the Montrose girls basketball team, with us. Uh, Palisade uh, goes to Montrose tonight to take on uh, the eight and two Redhawks. Palisade's four and eight right now. They're coming off the the overtime win against Rifle last Saturday, thirty three to thirty one. And Addie Ritterbush for them, uh, Steve is uh, she was injured a good chunk of last year. She has played really really well to start out this year for uh, Don Baver. Yeah, she really has, and, and she's she's a great-looking player. And, and the nice thing about her for, for Coach Baver is that she can do in, play inside or outside. You know, she she can she's good size, and so she can go down underneath the basket, but she, she can handle the basketball and she can shoot the basketball. So that's she's going to be a, a, a tough matchup for us tonight. And another player that uh, certainly can be a, a scoring threat gets on the glass as well as Chloe Simons for them. Absolutely, you know, and, and they work hard, and that's one thing that Palisade teams, you know, do a lot is is they work hard and they're going to play good defense and they're going to rebound. And so, um, you know, for us, we're going to have to execute at a high level tonight to be able to get a win. Steve Skiff, coach of the Montrose girls basketball team with us. And, uh, Steve, after tonight, you uh, play at Glenwood Springs on Tuesday. I don't know if you had the chance to go down. Did you, did you come down to the Valley and, and watch Fruit and Glenwood last night? I didn't make it down to the Valley, but I did did get to see a little bit of it um, online. And, uh, you know, both teams uh, are extremely, extremely good. They're, they're both well coached. And, and uh, Glenwood's going to be a tough test, especially at their place. Um, but we're, you know, we're not looking too far ahead. We're trying to get, trying to get this one tonight on our home floor and then we'll, We'll tackle them over the weekend. Absolutely. Of course, Fruit of Monument coming up uh, against Montrose on the 24th as well. So the Wildcats uh, on the horizon in uh, in a few weeks. Uh, we'll have tonight's game on the Monkey. It's our Highway 50 game of the week, 95.7 here in the Valley. And in Montrose, 93.5 FM, Larry Newland and Pat Hooley will have the call tonight. The Red Ox taking on the Bulldogs. Girls pregame right around 545. They'll tip it at six boys at 730 tonight as Montrose squares off against Palisade. Steve, always appreciate it. Good luck tonight. Thanks again for coming on. All right. Thanks for having me. All right. Steve Skiff, Montrose girls basketball coach with us on the program this morning. All right. So a busy, busy uh, start to the show this morning with lots of uh, high school basketball talk, most uh, notably on the girls' side as, uh, like I said, we'll have coverage of Palisade of Montrose tonight over on the Monkey, and then Tuesday, Fruit of Monument hosts Palisade and boys and girls play 
and uh, looking forward to that on Tuesday. It should be a fun matchup with both the boys and the girls, but the boys game with um, a Palisade team that's won their last two. They're right. taking on number 10 team in 5A tonight in Montrose, and then Fruit Monument, they got the win against Glenwood last night. They're 11-1. and uh, That'll be a big matchup Tuesday night on the Team Sports Network. All right, so latest on the Broncos coaching search. So here's where we stand right now. Where so do we, go, we stand? So we go around the NFL, starting with the Broncos, that the search committee, which is led by CEO Greg Penner, limited shareholder Condoleezza Rice, and general manager George Payton, though that's the those three are essentially the ones that are involved with the coach search. The three musketeers. Exactly. And so they've interviewed Jim Harbaugh, Michigan coach, they did that remotely on Monday. Interviewed Ejiro Vero, Broncos' current defensive coordinator. Did that in person on Tuesday. Wednesday, a couple names we had not heard. We're, we're going to interview for the job. In former Detroit and Indianapolis head coach Jim Caldwell and former Stanford head coach David Shaw. And so they interviewed those two, David Shaw in California. And so all reports are, are indicating that they will go out to L.A. on Tuesday to interview former New Orleans coach Sean Payton. And then they'll interview on the same time, or roughly the same day, Rams defensive coordinator Raheem Morris. And then Dallas defensive coordinator Dan Quinn and San Francisco defensive coordinator D'Amico Ryans later in the week. Quinn can't be interviewed until Wednesday, the earliest, because of the wild card game Monday night. Also, the Broncos can't talk to Peyton until Tuesday because of he's still a under contract to the New Orleans Saints, right. and you can't talk to anybody coaches under contract until after the first weekend of of the playoffs of Wild Card Weekend. Now, as far as Jim Harbaugh, whose name continues to be one of the front runners for the job, that Michigan president Santa Ono on yesterday afternoon tweeted. I am pleased to share that I have been having very positive, constructive conversations with our athletic director and football coach, Adi uh, Ordy Manuel, and I both want to see Jim Harbaugh stay as head football coach at the University of Michigan Wolverines. Harbaugh, once again, another non-committal statement. I am in full support of President Ono's message to our fans and appreciate his support of me and the team. Yeah, it doesn't say much. It doesn't. And looking right now, if you're Jim Harbaugh, from everything we keep hearing, if he gets offered a job, say the Broncos offer him the job, he's gone. Yeah. That he wants to come back to the NFL. This is something that he's wanted now for for a while, for, for a couple of years. Remember, he interviewed for the Minnesota job last year. And so all the reports are that, that if Denver offers, he's gone. I've not heard he's interviewed with anybody else just yet at this at this point in time. Last year it was just Minnesota and that was it. So I think it's with Harbaugh it tends to be I have one team that I'm kind of interested in and that's where I that's the only team I'm going to talk to. At least at this point in time, recent history has shown that's kind of what Harbaugh's MO is. Harbaugh has said publicly that he wants wanted to get Michigan a national championship. The best chance that he had to do that was with the team that he had this year and we all know what happened i think 
at this point, he's probably looking at the horizon and he's going, okay, it, it's not really like everyone that is going to be in the conversation for the college football playoff is probably on the on the downslope. Alabama's going to lose Bryce Young. Ohio State's going to lose C.J. Stroud. You know, TCU won't have Max Duggan next year, and they're probably a one-and-done in terms of getting to the college football playoff. We'll see. Stranger things have happened. So he's probably looking at the landscape and going, okay, maybe the rest of the, the field, if you will, for college football playoff contenders is going to dip a little bit, but so is Michigan. They're going to lose some talent. And they've got this looming investigation and the potential suspension gearing in. If he had his best chance to win a national title last year or this most recent year, I think that only adds fuel to the Harbaugh's gone fire. And if it's the Broncos or if it's the Panthers or even the Colts or whoever... Whoever ends up offering him the job, I think you're right. I think whoever ends up giving him an NFL job is the one he's going to take. And, and just so you understand what the violations are that Harbaugh and Michigan have been accused of by the NCAA, that their level two violations reportedly include accusations that Michigan held practices with too many coaches on the field, uh, contacted two prospects during the extended COVID-19 dead period, and observed practices via an unauthorized video feed. The level, the level one violation, which is the biggie here, mm-hmm. is that Harbaugh misled the NCAA when it approached him with the allegations. A level one violation could result in suspension and in some cases grounds for dismissal based on the language of the coach's contract. So the school could, could can Harbaugh if that is in, in that contract doesn't sound like they want to fire him no you know it sounds like they're they're hoping he'll stay but that's kind of that's what's been he's been accused of that's where it stands with the ncaa violations and i know that harbaugh has said in the past that that he that he wants to win a national championship in michigan his alma mater okay but he's also been fairly clear that he wants to come back to the nfl and he wants to get that super bowl that he lost to his brother john he wants he wants to he wants to get a Super Bowl win. And so does he feel like, well, back to back college football playoffs, I've given it my best shot here. It's time to go maybe get that other goal accomplished that I that I have for me personally, which is to win a Super Bowl. And then maybe that time is is now. And who's to say in four years that he takes, let's say he takes an NFL job, and let's say it's the Broncos' job, comes in, coaches four or five years in Denver, let's hope he gets to a Super Bowl, he wins it, and then he goes right back to Michigan. <laughs> you know, like, who's to say he wouldn't he wouldn't immediately go back to Michigan once he's accomplished getting a Super Bowl ring? Who? Yeah, who knows what what happens in terms of who they hire and and what that looks like at Michigan, but or or he goes someplace else, and <laughs> it's not necessarily Michigan that he that he goes back to. Right. One of the concerns is about about Jim Harbaugh is that Jim Harbaugh can tend to be a fairly abrasive guy, ultra competitive, 
that wears on people. We talked about it yesterday with with David Shaw, which you know I, I threw out the idea just yesterday. What if they tried to get back together? Because Shaw was Harbaugh's offensive coordinator at Stanford. Harbaugh left for the Niners' job. Shaw gets hired, and that maybe David Shaw doesn't get the the Broncos' head coaching job, but he begin, he gets he's offensive coordinator. He's associate head coach, right? And if Harbaugh decides that he wants to leave, you know, five years down the road, Shaw, who's fifty, would be the perfect transition guy to go to if that happened. But that also would require a lot of patience on David Shaw's part. He's a very calm, patient man. And what's the relationship with Harbaugh like, or what was it like? Right. You read comments from David Shaw, comments that have some respect in, in, of Harbaugh's competitive nature and his football acumen and things like that, but also comments that the guy wears you out. He's a tough guy to work with. And that it was kind of a roller coaster working for Jim Harbaugh. And so David Shaw just might go, you know what, I'm, uh, if I can't be the head coach, I'm, I'm good. I'll, I'll, I'll look for something. I'll look for another job, another place. Right. Because David Shaw has made it clear that he still wants to coach after stepping down at, at Stanford. And so what about Jim Harbaugh's maturity? Sean Keeler has written a piece, re, written a piece about it today in the Denver Post. Okay. And some of these comments, these quotes come from Chris Howard that you know one time Broncos running back played, you know, was it Michigan? And here's Howard. He understands that some things I got away with I wouldn't get away with anymore. And he understands that in the NFL, he's dealing with grown men. They have wives, they have kids, they have bills, they have mortgages, they have contracts. So you're not going to be able to handle them the same way you could college players. Going back to college made him look at these things. He's been more collaborative. He's had multiple offensive coordinators where everyone had a chance to have a collaborative voice in the game plan. So I think there's some maturity that's that's come in there. So first of all, I'm not sure I like that we're talking about someone's maturity. Guy, it's older, a year older than me. When we're talking about him at the age of 59. But I get what he's saying. I think it's maybe maturity isn't necessarily the right word. Maybe more ad- adaptiveness, a little bit more openness. Because I think you can be, you can gain open an open mind as you get older. And certainly that sounds like what's going on if he's willing to be more collaborative with his offensive coordinators now that does ring an important question though because he talks about how going back to college helped him evaluate his you know time in the nfl and how he you handle college players differently than pro players which is something that urban meyer clearly did not learn well yeah and and howard in this piece he talks about the you know the 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 lean years for harbaugh where everybody turned on him former teammates Former Michigan teammates turned on him where the expectations in Ann Arbor were great and he was not delivering on those. And then things turned around in 21 and 22 and back-to-back college football playoff appearances. And then he said, Howard said, people were saying, please don't go, Bo needs you. They're trying to throw the whole do-it-for-Bo Schimbeckler thing at him. At the same time, it was a humbling experience for him. 
Michigan asked him to take a pay cut. They requested his $8 million base salary be cut down to $4 million before the start of the 2021 season. Harbaugh agreed to that. And so I think the, the point that Chris Howard's trying to make here is that where everything had gone great for Jim Harbaugh, gets a head coaching job at the University of San Diego, takes that program, you know, makes it, you know, it's it's level A contender, gets the job at Stanford, goes there, they're they're a contender in the Pac twelve, you know, every year while he's there, gets the San Francisco 49ers job. He goes to a Super Bowl. And then things start to go bad in San Francisco. He ends up leaving. He gets the Michigan job at his alma mater. The expectation was within a couple of years, they're, they're going to win a national championship. Didn't happen. He got humbled by that. And so the the competitive cockiness aspect of, of Jim Harbaugh's personality took a big hit. I could see where that would be humbling, where you've got former teammates that want you to be fired. The institution that you played for, that brought you in to restore the glory of the maize and blue. Right. They want you to take not just a little haircut. They want you to get decapitated financially to go from eight to four million dollars, which for you and I, oh, four million. Th- thank you. Right. Like, <laughs> thank you very much. But for a guy like Jim Harbaugh, who is pulling in eight million dollars to get his salary cut in half, had to be a humiliating experience. And, and then look in the Denver situation, he does have people like Greg Pinner, his wife Carrie, Condoleezza Rice, people that he knows, that he has been around in the past. Mm. There is a familiarity there that does not exist in most other circumstances in the NFL with ownership groups. I believe he knows the Jiro Evero too, doesn't he? Because I think they there was a time where he was on San Francisco staff might have been, yes. I believe it was also around the same time that Vic Fangio was on that same staff. I could very well be wrong, but I, I feel like... Yeah, the, it's four seasons in San Francisco for a Giro Vero with, with Harbaugh. So there you go. So they so there's a relationship there, and and for Averro, he's nothing but, obviously, positive things to say. Averro was a quality control coach with the Niners during that period of time. And he said, I really enjoyed my time with him. He's a player's coach. He's a coach's coach. I think the thing about him, he's going to impress impress change on people. Now the question will be, will Averro want to stay in Denver? Like I said, there is a, a relationship there. Ajiro Averro saying all the right things on the surface, but deep down inside, is he going, man, I didn't like working for that guy. God, he was a pain what? in the butt. What a, what a jerk. What a tool. I think Averro's too nice of a guy. I mean, even David Shaw's too nice of a guy to say that Harbaugh's a jerk. But certainly, David Shaw's comments implied that Jim Harbaugh's a jerk. Now, is he is he reformed? Who's is, to say? Is he like Scrooge? And has he <laughs> has he learned from the three ghosts of football past? I don't I don't know. That has he become a more humble human being? Perhaps. It's tough to say. It's it's too early to say. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see when this all shakes out. If 
if the Broncos end up with Harbaugh as their head coach? And is Jim Harbaugh a different guy than he was in San Francisco, a different guy that, he, that he's been at, at points in his career in Michigan? All right, a um, couple other things to get to this morning as we go around the NFL. That uh, former Broncos running back Peyton Hillis on the road to recovery after the swimming pool accident. Very good. Yeah, great to hear that the Hillis went into the water to save his children from drowning. Uh, he was in intensive care in a ventilator, but he's now off the ventilator. And his girlfriend, Angela Cole, on Instagram wrote, A hero, so proud of this man, and so incredibly grateful for family and this incredible hospital. Got picked by the Broncos, seventh round pick in 2008, became a big-time folk hero in Denver. He got traded two years later to Cleveland. Had a huge first year in Cleveland. He did. 1,177 and 11 touchdowns, plus 477 receiving yards. Made the cover of Madden. Yeah. But then again, never quite got there with uh, four more seasons with the Browns, Chiefs, and Giants retired after the 2014 season. So we've talked about the Broncos coaching search, Jim and Cake today on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network going around the NFL. Arizona Cardinals, like the Broncos, looking for a coach. The uh, Browns interviewed Steelers linebacker coach and senior defensive assistant Brian Flores, former Miami head coach for their defensive coordinator vacancy. The Cardinals, though, are going to talk with Brian Flores about being their next head coach. Went 24-25 and in three seasons with the Dolphins before being fired in 2021. Let us not forget the big part of the Brian Flores story. Filed the lawsuit against the NFL. The Dolphins and other teams alleging racial discrimination and hiring practices a short time after being fired, and former Cardinals head coach Steve Wilkes later signed on to the lawsuit by making the same allegation against the team that Brian Flores will be interviewing with in the Arizona Cardinals. Now, that's a soap opera in and of itself. Absolutely it is. I will say this, though. I think Brian Flores to Arizona, and I'll have to ask my, my friend John, he's a Cardinals fan, about what his take on this would be. But I think Brian Flores to Arizona would be an excellent fit because Brian Flores, even, you know, he got the Dolphins to the playoffs or within playoff contention, I should say, and and was close enough that I think you can say that he at least has the ability to win. He's got, he's going into a team that's got a, a very talented quarterback, but who needs to grow up and, but also a quarterback that's coming off a pretty an, an ACL severe. injury, and, and and who knows when Kyler Murray's going to be good to go. Right, and and so when and until that happens, you're going to have some patchwork to do, and you're going to have you know some some stop gaps probably at quarterback. But when Kyler Murray returns healthy, you're hopeful that he uses this time of recovery to not only physically recover, but to also mentally recover and to and to basically do some growing up and for brian flores a guy who is about as tough as they come a guy who's not going to take any you know what i think he has the ability to instill some discipline and some maturity in a guy like kyler murray which is what he needs to continue to grow and continue to succeed cliff kingsbury had no control over Kyler Murray. He had no he he could not get Kyler Murray to respond to his coaching at all. 
which was part of the reason, not part of, it was a large reason why Cliff Kingsbury was hired because they said, well, you know, his coaching record at Texas Tech, his college coaching record wasn't necessarily great, but he coached these quarterbacks, particularly Patrick Mahomes. We see a lot of the same kinds of talent from Mahomes and Kyler Murray, the same athleticism, the same rocket arm. We just need him to kind of be, you know, coached up a bit. Hey, Cliff, come on in and, and show us what you got. First couple of years, you're thinking, okay, this is going great. And then that, and then last year, it just fell off the wagon. And it was because Cliff Kingsbury didn't have control. He just didn't. Yeah, they whoever come goes to Arizona, they've they've got some challenges. I mean, there's not little, to mention they're going to need a new GM. Yeah, yeah, with Steve Kime now gone. And one final thing: Titans rookie punter Ryan Stonehouse, former Colorado former State Ram. Ram, he broke the NFL's oldest single season record. That uh, he broke the record this season, averaging fifty three point one yards per punt. Setting a new single-season record. Do you know who held the previous record? Shane Leckler. No. A guy not known for being a punter. Adam Vinatieri? No. Is it better, a better, pro- better known for being a quarterback. Is it like a, a well-known quarterback, or is it kind of uh, like you a have to go way back. Well-known in the... Annals of NFL professional football history from the, the 40s and 50s. Oh, oh. Uh, Sling and Sammy Baugh. Oh, Sammy Baugh. Oh, that makes sense. He did it in 1940 when he averaged 51.4 yards per punt. So congratulations to former CSU Ram, Ryan Stonehouse. Which is just a great <laughs> name anyway, by the way. Yeah. Stonehouse. Would have been better as maybe a linebacker or safety, but yeah, maybe. Eh, for a punter, it's okay. All right, but congratulations to him. All right, it's time to play Where in the World is Tyler Franson? Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Where the hell is he? Well, I can't find him. He's in on hide forever. I will find you. Chance to win beer today. Must be 21 or older, and you must have not won within the last two weeks. If you have, sit it out. We are taking the first correct answer on the Chick fil A breakfast team text line 970 242. 1340. The reviews for this college basketball and hockey arena are in. ESPN gave it a 10. That's number 10 out of 14 in its conference, so close to the bottom. Bleacher Report called it too generic for the ticket price. One newspaper called it cold, sterile, void of intimacy. Sounds like my ex. Despite the poor reviews, this nuthouse can say with confidence that it has the largest capacity in its conference. Where in the world is Tyler Franson? All right, so if you won the last two weeks, don't play the game. If you're not 21, don't play the game. Text your answer in, 21 or older, I should say. Text your answer in now to the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, 970-242-1340. Coming up, we'll have a four-down territory in a little bit. But up next, look back at uh, an awful loss of the Avalanche last night in Chicago. Nuggets take on the Clippers. That's on the way next on the Jim Davis Show. Who do I listen to? The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader. Whoever suggested that has got to be smoking crack and plenty of it. The team.
Welcome back, 835. Hopefully you only want to be with us. <laughs> not some other sports show. You know, out cheating around on us. We don't appreciate that. We're loyal to you, Pyle. Please be loyal to us. Uh, Pyle's pretty loyal. They are. You guys are really. You, you're very, very loyal. They're willing to call us out, too. So it's, you know. Oh, do we have some of those today? No, no. I'm, okay. Well, because, you know, I've been the recipient of the occasional cake, you talk too much, cake, you're, you know. You could be, could be nicer, pile. Be nice. Not today, though. Not today. Okay, not it's, today. We have a winner, too, by the way. Oh, well, outstanding. A winner for uh, Where in the World is Tyler Franzen. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the winner of the contest. It's another winner on the Team Sports Network. Kyle correctly identifying Value City Arena for the Ohio State University. Buckeyes. Buckeyes. Yeah, so I'm. I'm Didn't sound like very flattering uh, reviews of that that, that facility. I'm getting prepped for the show. I'm like, all right, where in the world is Tyler Franson? So I Google, okay, uh, let's 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 do a college, and I was like, let's do a college hockey arena. See if you know it's kind of niche. You know, it might be a little challenging. And then, then you see like most of them are hockey and basketball. So you're like, okay, and then like, all right, you know what, Ohio State, we got Rio's birthday party officially this weekend that uh, I think you and I are both going to be in attendance for. And I'm like, oh, you know what, Ohio State, what do we got here? And then the, the Wikipedia page has these rankings, and it's like number 10 out of 14, like 10th quote-unquote best or worst in the in the Big Ten, number 99 out of 350 <laughs> You know, Bleacher Report, given that the it's cold, it's sterile, and it's it doesn't have intimacy. Like, where are these coming from? Not, not very glowing reviews of the old Value City Arena. Schottenstein the Center. Warmth, the warmth of a warehouse. Right. <laughs> like. A vacant warehouse in an industrial park. Very, ugh. Like, not a very... We'll have to. I don't know if, if Buckeye has ever had the privilege of attending a sporting event at Value City Arena. We'll have to ask him if he if he has. And is it true that it is a cold and 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 sterile environment? You mentioned Buckeye's birthday party the other day. He was leaving, and he goes, "Well, I'll, I'll see you on Tuesday because we'll be off Monday for Martin Luther King Jr. Day." Right. And I kind of go, "Okay, all right." Because his wife, Karen, is having a birthday party for him. I assumed that he knew, but then I'm thinking, wait a minute, well, he's saying that, so maybe he, is it a surprise party? And I, I know he doesn't like surprise parties. Right. So I'm not sure. It's like, how How do I, what's my reaction here? Do I say, well, no, I'm going to see you on Saturday, you, right. you big dope. It's your birthday party. And and I just got to go, Okay. And yeah. he, could, he, could, he could tell my reaction. He's like, oh, I know about the party. I'm like, okay, good. Oh, thank goodness. Okay, good. It's not a surprise party. So good. Okay. We'll see you Saturday then. He's like, yeah, I forgot. See you Saturday. So you had me worried there for a second because I didn't, I don't know if he listens on Fridays or not. And he probably doesn't. He probably yeah. sleeps in because he's earned it. But 
If I had really, the really, surprise, he's, he's earned it. Really, what I haven't, I haven't earned sleeping in. What he's earned it. I didn't say that. He's, he grinds harder than I do. Wow. I didn't say that. Wow. I did not say that. Wow. Hmm. That's interesting. Go ahead. Continue on. I'm anxious to hear more. Nope. I'm good. I'm good. I guess he deserves it. Worked so hard. Such a hardworking guy. Can we talk about the avalanche? In a minute. Okay. We'll get to it. Okay. Anyway, get some texts. The Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line, 970-242-1340. RJ and Delta, 102.1 FM. Jim Cake, you know who I'm rooting for. Big Giants fan. But I believe that this is Buffalo's year. I, the more I think about it for the Broncos, I think Dan Quinn is the best candidate for head coach. You get a quality coach who's been to the Super Bowl as a coordinator and a head coach. He doesn't cost draft capital. He's defensive-minded, has a history with Russ, and players like him. And by golly, people like him. I, I like him, too, to be quite honest, RJ. I think all the points you've made there are extremely relevant when it comes to Dan Quinn. He makes a lot of sense for this team. But will Broncos country lose their mind that it's not Peyton or Harbaugh? Yes, a good chunk of them will. They want the big, splashy, sexy hire. Or Dan Quinn is not that. But Dan Quinn may very well be the right guy for the job. And and people keep bringing up, well, look what, Robert, about how Dallas's defense played last, you know, last time out. And, and blowing the lead in the Super Bowl, which some of that's Kyle Shanahan that, that's on him. He was the OC on that team. Feeling was they didn't run the ball enough in the second half. And they were, if they don't blow it, with three minutes left to go at the Patriot 22, where they failed to even get a field goal. Right. Where she would have put them up by 10, I think. And they probably win that game. And then nobody's saying, look what that, look, Dan Quinn, look how he blew it. Look at that. He, he blew a 28 to 3 lead. They win the Super Bowl. He's got that on his resume. And the rest is history. Let's see, we got one from Robert this morning. I think the Cowboys Bucks game is quite important to Bronco Nation since DC Quinn's defense will be playing. I hope Brady and the Bucks just knock the snot out of the Dallas defense. Why Robert, why are you hating on Dan Quinn? You don't like Dallas, okay, but seems like you don't like Dan Quinn for some reason. Oh, because you love Avero. He's the right man because it feels good in the gut. Feelings are important. Right. But experience matters. Ajiro Vero does not have the experience as a head coach. So if you're Denver, so you're going to roll out your fourth, first-time head coach, four consecutive, and hope it works this time? Like you hoped it worked the last three times? I just don't. Denver can't afford to do that, Robert. They just can't. I like Averro. I think he'll end up being. I think he'll end up being a head coach in this league. I just think Denver can afford to run that risk of having him. Maybe he'll be the guy. I mean, he interviewed for it Tuesday. Maybe they were impressed by what they heard from him, and maybe he will be that guy. Let's see one from Dylan. Happy Friday. Do the Avs need to have a players-only meeting? 49ers, Jags, Bills, Giants, Bengals, Cowboys, my wild card picks. Bengals and Bills have the best shot to go all the way. And one more. Minnesota Mark. 
It'll be interesting to see why Minnesota doesn't hire him. Everyone figured that he was a shoo-in until his interview. Maybe the Broncos should give Minnesota a call. Well, Mark, you know, George Payton knows people in Minnesota. He does. I'm I'm going to venture a guess that probably a phone call was made talking to some of the people there about Harbaugh and about, why didn't you guys hire him? Denver also passed on the guy that they hired, Kevin O'Connell. Yep. Boy, that looks like a miss, doesn't it? Swing and a miss. Swing and a miss. All right, 843. Let's get to the avalanche. Last night, uh, the Avs losing in Chicago to the, the Blackhawks, the worst team in the National Hockey League. Ugh. Ugh. Woof. Avs lose 3-2 last night. Got behind early. This. Just looked disjointed last night. 0 for 5 in the power play. That continues to be a a huge problem for this team. Here is Jared Bednar after the game last night, after the Avs fall to the Blackhawks. They played with really good speed. We made a couple mistakes, and they capitalized on them, especially early on. Just kind of like break down the game for me. I think that the hard-fought game by both teams, it's 2-2, and we had multiple power play opportunities that we didn't capitalize on, and the power play didn't look great. I mean, we you get a goal or a goal plus on the power play and, and, and you're sitting in a really good spot, you know, especially with the handful of opportunities, a four-minute penalty. Um, it would have been nice to get one there. Taylor Radish with the goal in the third to put the game away for the Blackhawks last night. Avs got uh, goals from Kale McCarr, Evan Rodriguez. Rodriguez continues to play really well. He does. Nathan McKinnon, a couple of assists. He assisted on the two goals last night. But for the Avalanche defensively, they've just they continue to have breakdowns. It's not the goaltending; it's the the play in front of whether it's Francouz or Georgiev. And you know, Dylan had the text about you know, do they need to have a players only meeting? Maybe they do. At this point, it wouldn't hurt. Right now, they have fallen. You know, out. You know, they're behind Nashville for the for the last wild card. There's still a lot of games in front of the Avalanche this season. But they they got to start getting this figured out, though. And they got to find a way to get it figured out without Landeskog, without Nachushkin, without Bowen Byram. Those two guys, first and foremost, they've got to get it figured out. And they got to get it figured out on the defensive end. And so for the Avalanche, this, this is a bad spot that they're in. It's not the end of the world. It's not that they're not going to be a playoff team, but if they don't get it turned around soon, let's say they get Landeskog right. and Nachushkin back, and they, and they, you know, how, how big of a hole they've dug themselves in when they're finally fully healthy, it might be too little too late. You know, they, they sit 11th in the Western Conference right now. They're, they're seven behind third place Minnesota. They're 14 points behind Dallas in the division. And so it's, you know, don't want to be Kevin Bacon, Animal House. All's well, don't panic. And he gets trampled. It's not that level of concern yet, but it's getting there. And if you're an Avalanche fan, you need to be. Yeah. No, not not everything is. It's not all well. Not everything is good. This is a team that desperately 
you know, and it's the return of Gabriel Landeskog is not so much the what he brings on the ice, which is a lot, but it's the leadership. This is a team that is lacking leadership. Nathan McKinnon is the best player in hockey on any given night when he gets really hot. But he's he it's not that he can't be a leader, it's that the guy that is the locker room glue, the captain of this team is Gabriel Landeskog. Yeah. He's the one that can, you know, hey, you know, you you go out there and he can kind of coach up these guys during the power play, he can he can do a lot of things that you expect. He's a guy to do. that sets example. He's a guy that that gets gets dirty in the corners, getting getting a puck out. He'll he'll lay out to, to block a shot if he has to. He'll get into a he'll, he'll get into a fight if he has to. He's he's willing to do those things as a captain of this team. He's a really good two way guy, but his leadership, what he does, not just what he verbally says, and that's important. But what he physically does for this team has been missed. Hopefully that the situation gets turned around soon. Now for the the uh, Avalanche's hardwood brother in the Nuggets, these are salad days right now. Oh yeah, Nuggets playing great basketball. They're top the the Western Conference right now, coming off the the throttling of Phoenix the other night, where they forced Phoenix into twenty turnovers. Nikola Jokic twenty one points, eighteen rebounds, nine assists. Jamal Murray had 16 points, but the concern is when he rolled his ankle, not expected to play tonight against the L.A. Clippers. Bones Highland, great off the bench, hit five threes, 21 points in the game the other night. And so the the Nuggets take on the Clippers tonight, Denver 28-13, and 13, L.A. 22-21. and 21. They'll meet for the third time this season. Nuggets looking for their fifth straight win over the Clippers. Uh, Paul George has a hamstring issue. Questionable to play tonight. Uh, Luke Kennard will not play for the Clippers tonight. He is out with a calf injury. But uh, the Nuggets have won 14 of their last 17, tied with Memphis atop the Western Conference. Nuggets have the highest offensive rating in the NBA right now, 118.1 points per 100 possessions. They also lead the league in three-point percentage as well, and the defensive numbers have improved for Denver as well the last couple of weeks and guess who vegas has is the odds on favorite right now to be the mvp uh some dude that's won a back-to-back years that wears a nuggets uniform that would be one nikola Jokic. what, what how insane would it be if he wins three straight <laughs> Just, i love it how, how crazy would that be i love it all right 8 50 we'll take a quick break we'll come back or we'll it's pseudo quick break come back and uh we'll have some four down territory on the way next on the jim davis show I'm a big sports addict. I like sports. 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 This is the Jim Davis Show on the team. 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. 102.1 FM, Delta Montrose. Welcome back. Jim along with Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. The most trusted name in automobiles. Who do you think has the best chance to get to the Super Bowl? Coming out of Super Wildcard Weekend, which starts tomorrow, 2 o'clock. Seattle and San Francisco on the team. It's time for Four Down Territory. We're into Four Down Territory on the Jim Davis Show on the team. All right, some quick hits. We start things out with first down, Sean Payton. Broncos will interview him next week out in L.A. Right. That the Washington Post, Mark Maskey, reported on Twitter last night that there's one job that Sean Payton is really interested in. And that would be 
the Denver Broncos, according to Mark Maskey. Interesting. The Broncos appear to be the front runner for Sean Payton, at least in the early stage of the process. Payton likes a franchise's stable ownership and be happy to work with Russell Wilson. Okay. He's also set to talk with the Arizona Cardinals and Houston Texans as well. All right. Second down, Jaden Rashada is a five-star quarterback that uh, was going to sign with Florida. He wanted Florida to release him from his national letter of intent, though. Rashada committed to Miami over the summer, then flipped to Florida in November, though he didn't sign his letter of intent until the end of the day. Rashada reportedly had turned down millions when he committed to Miami. And it was reported Wednesday that Rashada requested his release from his NLI, the quarterback's father said it wasn't true. That seemed to be an indication that maybe the Rashada family was posturing in order to make Florida follow through on some sort of financial commitment the school made in order for him to commit to sign with them. Oh. The Orlando Center reports that Rashada is not enrolled at Florida because an NIL agreement for around $13 million was not honored. Yikes. Not good. Not good at all. All right. Yeah, it's... It is... Part of the problem with name image likeness, it's, it's getting to be like the NFL. There's yeah. things about NIL I, that I like, but this is one of the the bad parts of NIL. All right, third and fourth down. The Armac goofed. Well, Fort Lewis goofed. Men's basketball last week, the Armac putting out a statement. Two scoring errors occurred during the UCCS Fort Lewis game. The final score was recorded 77 69 Fort Lewis. It should have been 75 70. The NCAA rules say the official score stays 77-69. Fort Lewis has supposedly been punished, whatever that means. Okay. Uh, fourth down, the Rockies re-signing Austin Gomber, who had the worst ERA of his career to a one-year, $1.65 million deal, is peak Colorado Rockies. Yay. whoop de do. Now, the reason I think they re-signed him is because they want to get as much of that return on investment from Austin Gomber because of the disastrous Nolan Arenado trade. And what else do they have going for him? Nothing. Diddly, poo, squat, nada. Once again, hoping that what you have is good enough. That, that's that's the Rockies' motto. Hoping what you have will just get better. We'll just magically get better. Like a magic bag of beans. Jack and the Beanstalk. Hey, all of a sudden, these these beans are going to turn into Shoei Otane and Aaron Judge. And that you're going to be a, a playoff contending team. That's just going to magically turn around just by, by believing and hoping that what you have will be better. That's so classic Rockies. All right. Hour three coming up. Text or call us today. Chick-fil-A breakfast team phone line 970-242-1340. Thanks for hanging out with us on this Friday morning.